0: Morning. How are you doing this morning? Hope you're doing well. Now, I had heard earlier that Pastor Aaron dances a little bit in that video. So, I'm so sorry to disappoint you this morning. Uh, maybe in the second service. I wasn't quite sure how long that would be. Uh, and so, I uh, didn't want to get in some groove, you know, and not be able to finish. That was my thing this morning. And, and so, uh, you know, I. <laughs> Uh, do, you, do you believe that this morning? Do you believe it? Uh, probably not. Uh, but it is a privilege to be with you this morning. And uh, I know Pastor Aaron is uh, gone this weekend doing a wedding. One of those fun things that (laughs) pastors get to do from time to time. In fact, I love doing weddings. It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, But uh, it's just a joy. Uh, I know know he wishes he could be with you, uh, but unfortunately he had to be away, and so that's why I am here with you this morning. So again, I apologize. Uh, I'm not as good looking as he is, and uh, I definitely can't dance as well as he does. And so uh, I'm already over two this morning, and so hopefully... Uh, will do well, but I know that in the recent uh, past, you've been going through this AHA uh, series, talking about the AHA moments of your life, and I'm sorry, I'm a little bit older, and uh, when I first saw this and was walking through and talking with Pastor Aaron about it, I just kept thinking this. Aha, you know, but my voice is too dry to do that. And I can't, is it Spaceballs or something? There's, there's, there's an old video where this guy, this guy he's going, aha, you know. And, uh, and I, I just started giggling internally. Uh, now, I did not research it to find out where that was from because I thought uh, it's probably not going to be a win for me. But, uh, uh, but uh, I remember from my youth some movie. Uh, and so the aha moments, but aha moments, how much fun is that? And uh, we're going to continue with that series today, We're on week number five. And you have been studying the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, right? What an incredible story. I love this story for a lot of different reasons, but uh, some of the re- reasons I love this story is because at any moment in our life, I think we can relate to many of the characters in this story. You know, as you read through this story, there are going to be moments when we're going to relate to the father. There's, we're going to be, there's going to be moments when we relate to the brother. There's going to be moments when we relate to the person, the prodigal son himself. There are going to be moments in our lives when we relate and we can capture and learn uh, from these, this story. But I know that this story, the, this series, is walking through the perspective of the prodigal son, the one who. Uh, walked away, and so the last week, right, he was gone, he was feeding the pigs, right, he was hungry, he was so hungry that he wanted to eat the pig slop, I don't know about you, but that is fairly significant for me, I don't, you know, I think about, uh, I wasn't raised on a farm, uh, but I was raised near farms, and, uh, you know, I've seen what animals eat, and there's a part of me that goes, You've got to be pretty hungry to look at that and go, mmm, <laughs> yummy, you know, uh, I don't know, that's, that's a tough moment, that's definitely a tough moment, he was feeding the pigs, he wanted to eat the pig a lot, uh, but he had to be brutally honest, and so that was what you guys spoke about, uh, walked through last week, right, about being brutally honest about his situation, and realized that until he admitted that something was wrong, uh, that he couldn't do anything about it. And not that the reality for us? I mean, we walk through life, and until we have that realization that something is wrong, uh, you know, you ever talk to somebody that's just oblivious to their situation, and you just want to say this phrase, oh, bless their heart. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't that the church way to say that? Like, that's of so the church way to say that. And I, I heard a comedian say it one time that, that bless your heart really kind of means, oh, you're an idiot, you know? Uh <laughs> So I use that in my office all the time, and people laugh at me, because they're like, you use that out of context. I know, I go, but it's fun, isn't it? You know? Um, because when somebody goes, oh, bless your heart, that really means, mm, you should never do that again. You know, like, that was not a win for you. Like, if I was up here dancing, right, you guys would go, oh, bless your heart. You know? That's what would happen here this morning, and so we want to, uh, oh, goodness, but... But that's the reality of life, you know. Until you recognize that, uh, you can't do anything about it. So, and so you've seen two of the three crucial ingredients of the aha, right? Okay. So I'm just uh, recalling some of the things that Pastor Aaron has already talked about. Uh, number one, the sudden awakening. The sudden awakening, and then secondly, brutal honesty, and that's all great, right? That's those are great things. Those are this this moment. You can see the progression of these things. The sudden awakening when you wake up and go, wait a minute. <laughs> Something, something's off here. And then there's that brutal, honestly, when you go, hmm, yep, I made some mistakes here. Uh, and then, but what's next? I don't think that's enough. And that's where we're going to be moving forward today. You know, it's the next step for us. What's the action plan? Because really, the, uh, all that determines the difference between a, a sad story and an aha story is the action plan. And so we're going to pick up this story in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. If you don't happen to have a Bible here this morning, uh, we have some gentlemen in the back that have some. If you raise your hand, they would give you one that is yours to keep. It's my understanding. You can write your name in it. You can highlight it. You can circle it. You can fold pages. You can, you can yeah, anything else? Yeah, you can read it it would be a win. Um, But but if you need a Bible, just go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, We would hope that this would not be used to level your kitchen table or something. Uh, But you know what? It's always good to have the Word of God around, right? So uh, we're going to pick it up here in Luke chapter 15. But before I read, can I just pause for a moment and just uh, pray for us this morning? Father, I just thank you once again for the incredible opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you. We don't take it for granted. We understand that around the world, people don't experience the same freedoms we have. Yes. As we can gather here today and really learn about what your plan is for our lives. We can really understand who you are, what you've done for us, and how much you love us. Thank you. And so Lord, we don't take that lightly. We thank you for the freedoms that we have here today. And so this morning, help us to be responsive to that fact. Help us, Lord, to recognize that this is a moment in our life that not everyone gets. Yes. And so help us to seize this moment. Help us to know, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us through your word, speak to us through this message, and ultimately, we ask that you have your way in our lives. Yes. Help us to hear from you, because we want to experience all that you have for us, and we want to be all that you want us to be. So, Lord, this morning... Have your way in this service. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, so Luke chapter 15. uh, We're going to pick up the story in verse 17. Excuse me. And it said, uh, I'm reading out of the NIV here this morning. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. And we're going to pause right there in verse 20 where he got up. And went to his father. Uh, and he, we saw this. He had this sudden awakening. We talked to this, but even in that scripture, there it talks about he came to his senses. He came to his senses. This is the moment. I mean, I think we all recognize what that phrase means. He came to his senses. He was walking through this series, the, this, through the season of ignorance, for lack of a better word. Right? He's just kind of ignorant, doing his thing. He's rocking it out, doing his own, having his own thing. You know living his own life, doing it his way. And then all of a sudden, he went, uh, wait a minute. And it says he came to his senses. He had to be brutally honest with himself about the consequences that he deserved. You saw that. I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. I mean, the thought process of this. I mean, think about you know, we talk about the highs and the lows of life, right? We walk through life and we, we always say, oh man, there are days when we're on top of the world and there are days that we just feel like, I don't want to get out of bed, right? Have you ever had one of those days? We just wake up, you wake up and you go, I could kind of lay here for another hour, two, or seven. You know, like, you're not supposed to say it that loud. You're not supposed to be that energetic about it. You know? like, like she's like, this morning, I woke up and thought, not today. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, and you just, you're just waiting for someone to bring you breakfast? Sure. Amen. Maybe not. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. You know, uh, oh, see, those people get getting in trouble now. I, I better pause. <laughs> We're going to do marriage counseling after the service today for anybody. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, uh, but there are these moments, but this is way beyond the, I don't want to get out of bed today. You know what I mean? We talk about the highs of life and the lows of life. This is, this is like an all-time low. This is like a catastrophic low. This is a low that, oh my goodness. You know, it's that moment where it's, it's, it's worse than, hey, I've got a bad hair day today. You know what I mean? Like, like my hair is not, it's not coming over the way it's supposed to, you know? This is way beyond a bad hair day. This is way beyond standing in your closet and going, hmm. I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> you know, while you're staring at clothes hanging on the wall, right? You're like, I have nothing to wear. are like, are you serious? Like for real? You know, we got it's way beyond that. This this moment here is is about he, he recognized that he made some significant mistakes in his life. And he came to this realization where he just stood there and went, you know what? I once I once was this person. I once had this. I once lived in my father's house and had this. And I made some mistakes with my life that have brought me to here. And in his you know, realization, in the brutal honesty of his life, he's saying, but I no longer deserve to be what I once was. I, I am no longer the person that I used to be. I, I used to be this person. I, I no longer deserve. I've made so many mistakes in my life. I no longer deserve to be that person, and so now I'm here. Oh, that is that is a tough, tough, tough moment for him. But uh, as he came to his senses, he became brutally honest with about the consequences that he's deserved, and now he wants to truly have this aha moment. He wants to move beyond. <laughs> The awakening he to move beyond the honesty and the step for him to move beyond those to have this aha moment is that he now has to <laughs> act upon it. Okay, he now has to do something because unless you act, you cannot have the aha moment. Unless you act, it's just an emotional roller coaster of life. I mean, think about that. We, oh, I've been a pastor for a long time. And I've often said that I am the wrong person to do counseling because empathy uh, is not something that I have much of, okay? I just don't. Uh, I, my wife, I pray for my wife. I just, don't ha- I just don't carry much empathy, and so she calls me on it all the time. Uh, but, you know, I'm not a good counselor because somebody will come in and they'll give you the sob story, and I'm like, but you see this, right? Like, you see why? This is not rocket science. Like we can figure this out. Here, let me get on the whiteboard. And re- you did this. You did this. You did this. And now this, right? That makes sense. You know, you can you can see the progression there. And so, if you want to stop this, you just got to retrace these steps, right? You got to go back. You can't. And but that's not what they want to hear from me. I'm not very good at counseling. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. I'm not very good. But but that's what so many people just live on this emotional roller coaster. Well, I feel good today, I don't feel good. And it's just an emotional roller coaster. Why? Because they may have an awakening moment in their lives. They may even be brutally honest. They may come to themselves and say, Oh my goodness, I've made some mistakes. But the reality is, in order for them to have this aha moment, in order for them to move forward and get beyond this, to get to another place in their life, they have to respond they need to act upon it. And that really is the, that's the hurdle, right? You know, that's, that's the line that sits there at the fence, the whatever, the wall that people walk up to and go, ah, you know, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? You to start reasoning with And this is where it's at. This is where this gentleman here, this is where the prodigal son recognizes that if I'm going to have an aha moment, if I want to change my circumstances, if I want to be different, if I want to move beyond this moment, move beyond this place, then I need to respond, I need to act, I need to do something. And so he does that. It's kind of like Groupon. How many of you guys are Groupon fans? And let's be honest, how many of you guys get the 9,000 emails that they send? Right, like you saw somebody Somebody tells you about Groupon, you're like, wow, that's a great concept. So then you sign up, and then you (laughs) realize they send 72 emails a day. Right? And you're like, this is ridiculous <laughs> you know what I mean but you, you know you look at them right like like if you don't check your email for three days and there's 20 of them in there you're not just delete you're not checking the boxes and hitting delete right you're going oh no I don't see anything I and you're deleting you want you want to make sure you don't miss something right because every once in a while on Groupon you see something you're like oh oh snap how'd they do that like somebody's losing money with this deal, you know what I mean? Like buy, 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 you know? Like so, there's no way that's awesome, you know? there's this moment with Groupon. But think about Groupon for a second. You know, you get the email, you open it up, and you have this—that's oh, the one I've been waiting for. That moment, you know what I mean? And you're like so excited, you jump up out of your computer chair, your office there, or whatever t- table, couch, wherever you're sitting there, and you're on your tablet or your, whatever. You're, you throw a piece of electronic to the side. You do a little Aaron DeLong dance. You know what I mean? I don't know what it looks like. You guys do. You know what I mean? but, but you guys, are, you're, you're dancing around. You're yelling. You, you call up your best friend. You're like, have you seen your group on today? You know what I mean? And you have this moment. You're all excited about it. And then you go back. You look at the email again. You're like, that is so good. And then you close your computer. Right? No! You can't just close your computer, right? What do you have to do? You've got to buy it! you got to buy it! Buy it! You know, but that's kind of what happens in life. You know, you have this great awakening, right? You have this brutal honesty moment. I need this. Like, this is, I need this. And it's kind of like in life, the action step is the same as the action step for group Groupon. Maybe not quite the same. Actually not, but it's a great illustration, right? So, so it's one of these things where the problem is, if we don't act upon it, we, we can't ever receive the blessings of the action, right? So if you don't purchase the Groupon, you can't have the deal. You know what I mean? It may have been offered to you. It may have been attainable for you. But if you don't act upon it, right, you can't have it. You, you can't just read the email and go, sweet, I can't wait for that to come in the mail. <laughs> you know? And just sit there and every day walking out to that mailman. Do you have it? No, okay, I'll wait until my No, you have you have to act upon it. And that's kind of what takes place in our lives. If we don't act, you cannot have the true aha moment. You're just on this emotional roller coaster of life. And you're having good days and you're having bad days. But you never get to that place where God wants you to be. You know, I've said this before, I probably said it last time I spoke here with, with you know my line, my real line of life, and that is I want to I want to help you become all that Jesus died on the cross for you to become. it's kind of, oh, man, I want want people to experience all that God has for them. And I say that because I've, not that I've experienced all that God has for me, but I've experienced a lot of what God has for me and what a great place to be. You know what I mean? It's just a phenomenal moment when you hear God's voice, you respond to God's voice, and he begins to bless you in many different ways. And uh, I, I want that for people. But you cannot have this aha moment if you do not act. And really honestly, it's probably one of the hardest ingredients of the three. You know, the Great Awakening is kind of just a moment of realization. You know, that's kind of a, oh. oh, okay. You know, the Brutal Honesty is a little bit more difficult when you begin to process, you know, what that is. Uh, but the action, the immediate action of this is probably one of the hardest, hardest things to accomplish. It's like when you you, you, you look down on the morning after Thanksgiving. You know, you walk up to the scale and you... I shouldn't go there, should I? <laughs> I know I shouldn't for myself. But, uh, uh, you know, you walk up, you, 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 you stand uh, in on the scale and you know you don't like what you see there. But many times you just go, eh, do you have any pumpkin pie left? <laughs> you know? Uh, or, uh, you know, or maybe it takes till New Year's for you to go, you know what, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas cookies. And my wife bakes. Give me a moment. <laughs> my wife bakes. Oh, she bakes so well. She's a phenomenal baker, and so uh, she knows what I. She knows all my favorites, and um, she takes good care of me. I'll say it that way, and so. Uh, but it takes till New Year's Eve where you go. You know what? I'm going to do something different this year. You know, but there's mm-hmm. these action steps, and then that takes about you know. I think gyms, uh, you should be a gym owner, right? Like, you own a gym, you get a bunch of new people in January, they sign up memberships, and you're actually thinking, gosh, I don't think my gym can handle this many members, and you realize, eh, these people aren't coming to the gym, they're just paying for it. You know what I mean? I currently pay for a gym membership I haven't been to for a, a little bit, okay? So, <laughs> I'm one of those. But isn't that the truth? I mean, that's kind of how it is for a lot in life. It's that, it's that we see these things, we have these moments, but we have to respond to them. We have to... Act on them. And so, it is the hardest part of the aha. And even the prodigal son here in Luke 15 realizes that he cannot stay where he is, right? Even Luke 15:20 says, he got up. He, he got up. He got up. And this actually is a, a Greek word, uh, just one Greek word. And it's interesting, it came to, the same Greek word can also be translated resurrection. I think about that's an interesting uh, piece of biblical history here, that that, uh, or knowledge that that word can be translated as resurrection. Uh, it literally means to get up. But I think about when Jesus is telling the story. I mean, for those of you who understand the story uh, of Jesus dying on the cross and raising, uh, beating death and raising again uh, so that we can have life with Him. Uh, when you think about, does you think maybe He had a little bit more in mind when He thought about this. He got up. He resurrected Himself here in this moment. He, this, is, this is more than just a... I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk across the room. Moment, it's. A, I'm gonna transition from one experience in life to another experience in life. Like I'm tra- It's not just. I'm gonna walk around. am It's. It's. It's a. It's more than just a physical reaction. It's an emotional reaction. It's a. It's a mental reaction. It's a spiritual reaction, um, and and I want you to know that when he got up, it's something much bigger than just leaving his. Location. Okay, it's not a geographic decision. It's not a geographic decision. This is a lifestyle transformation decision. And getting up, I believe, getting up can change everything in your life. The getting up. The getting up. The getting up. Moving from one spot to another. The getting up. Getting up can change everything. Getting up can be the difference between divorce and mending your marriage. Getting up can be the difference between struggling with an ongoing addiction and freedom. Getting up is the difference between giving in to peer pressure and staying from that stuff you'd swore you'd never get into. Getting up is the difference between continuing to feel alone and forgiving that grudge that you've held on for too long. So my question for you this morning is this. What does it take To get up, right? What does it take to get up? Because unless you act, you cannot have the aha moment. And I think in order to get up, we have to have three things. So there's three things we're going to walk through real quick. Helps us to get up. We've we've got there. We're at this moment. We understand it. But it's the action. So here are the three things that help us to get up. Here are the three things that help us to respond. Here are the three things that help us to move from an awakening to honesty to action. Okay? Here are the three things. For number one, you have to recognize where you are. Again, this goes back to the brutally honest situation. You have to you have to be brutally honest with yourself. You have to be able to say, "This is where I am." You know, I don't know much about addictions, uh, and I don't know uh, much about um, you know recovery programs. But I, I've been around. I've seen enough movies to know that even through like Alcoholics Anonymous, they they Open when you when you introduce yourself, right? In an Alcoholics Anonymous scenario, they'll often say, "Hi, my name is Tom," and then they say, "I am an alcoholic." Why? That's a brutal, brutally honest assessment. It's saying, "Hey, this is. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. I'm not trying to hide it. I'm not trying to. Eh, I kind of struggle a little bit, ish. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not that. It's literally saying this. This." Is where I am. This is who I am. This is I'm not hiding it. I think it's an important step for us. And it's, it's where you are. You have to know where you are. Aha takes an understanding of where you are, what uh, where you're at currently. It also takes an understanding of where you could be, right? Where you could be when you have that moment. When think about the story again. He's he's sitting there. Pig slop looks the product of pig slop looks enticing to him. And he goes, wait a minute, I could have a better life than this. My dad's servants, hired works workers, live better than I am right now. You know, so there's, he understands where he's at, but he also understands that I could be doing better than this? This is, this is not my best, right? Uh, understanding where life could be. You ought to have, to have an understanding of the power of God in your life. Because the aha takes an understanding of the power of God. Because if you don't know or don't believe that God truly has something better for you than just sitting where you currently are, then why would you get up, right? Like why? If you don't have any, here's the word, hope, then why change? Why change? It's kind of like that senior kid in high school, right? You think about the senior kid in high school who has lived under the protection of his parents for 18 years or so. And seniors in high school get this independence you know, thing that runs through their veins, right? And so they've experienced no bills. They don't have to pay for water. They just feel like you turn it on and it comes out of the faucet. You know what I mean? They don't have to pay for water. They don't have to pay taxes. They don't understand taxes yet, maybe. You know, they don't, they don't understand what it means to uh, go grocery shopping. And make food, you know what I mean? They've had this experience, they've been living, they have food in their house, and, and they have shelter, they have all these things, but they know that this is not the place for them anymore. Like, they're ready to fly, to soar, and why? Because there's just something that takes place in their mind where they feel like, hey, there's something out there that's better for me, and that's a good thing. How many parents in here of teenagers would go, yep, there's a moment when my kids are going to be old enough and get out of my house, you know what I mean, like, see ya, love ya, right, love ya, time to go, you know what I mean, it's kind of like, I used to say this all the time as a youth pastor, hey listen, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here, you know what I mean, like, you got to go somewhere, and parents, I feel, you know, I have a hard time, my boys are eight, seven, and four, so I have a hard time processing that right now, but I'm sure there's going to come a moment, I'm going to go, hey Micah, dude, listen, you're awesome. You don't need to live here anymore, bro. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, go, why? Because there is something better for him than living at home with mom and dad, right? And this kind of the, that's, these are the moments that take place. It's it takes it, that's what it takes to to get up to to go out to move. There is this there is this understanding that that where I am at, there is something better for me somewhere else. This is okay, maybe, but there is something better for me. There's that good to great concept. This is good, but there's great out there. There's this longing, this yearning for what's next, this yearning for what's better in our lives. And, it, you know, it's what it takes to get up, to have brutal honesty. You know, again the, the story, he says, I am starving to death. I am starving to death. That's the moment for him. You realize that you don't have to starve to death anymore. And when you know where you are, and you know that you don't have to stay there, it makes it possible to get up. Okay, so you've got to know where you are. You know, another quick illustration is this. is something that I always laugh about with people. Maybe I laugh, maybe roll my eyes is a better <coughs> thing. Uh, maybe frustrate, maybe another better word. But you, know, you ever talk to somebody and they just say things like, well, that's just the way I am. <laughs> if my kids ever say that to me, they're in trouble. Okay, <laughs> like... Like, well, oh, my goodness. And you hear people say, oh, well, that's, that's just the way it is. That's just the way I am. And I go, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, literally, you give them the bless your heart moment because you go, you know, that may be right, real, but you, you're better than that. And I know that you're better than that. The problem is you don't know you're better than that. And that's a bummer for you, right? But you can't do anything about it. But that's, you have to know where you are. Okay, uh, second one, you have to know where you are. The first one is know where you are. The second one is you have to know where you're going, okay? You have to know where you're going. And that's, that's, you know, here's what I'm not saying. What we're not saying here is that you have to have all the answers. What we're not saying is that you have to have it all figured out. What we're not saying is that you have to call AAA and get your trip you know, thing, and they give you the, all your pass, and here's all your stops. We're, they're not saying that. They're not saying that you have to have everything figured out. You don't have to have the business plan figured out. You don't have to present this to anybody. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to know where you want to go. You just have to know where you want to go, and then begin to take a step, right? So you have to know where you're going. Uh, and, and we're just not saying that you have to figure it all out. I think some people get paralyzed in the details because they're not quite sure what it looks like, or what's supposed to happen, and so because they haven't figured it out, they don't take the step. But the problem is you're never going to figure it out until you take the step. I mean, that's really the reality. It's kind of one of those things where I've seen people get jobs, they get hired, they get promoted in a job that they've never done before. Right? And that's okay. So you, what do you do? You, go, you just start learning. You keep growing. You were given that job. You were promoted because they saw something in you that you could be better than you currently are. I don't know a person in the world that's going, you know what, listen, I've never done that before. I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to do when I get in the office. And so I'm going to say no. You know, no, nobody's going to do that. You know, but we do that in our own lives sometimes. Somebody, I, I can remember, I'll be honest with you, for real. I can remember being a youth pastor. I got, uh, in November of 1994, God came into my life, transformed my life. Okay? Uh, May of 96, I got married. My wife and I went off to Bible college. In January of 1999, I came back to the church I committed my heart to the Lord in and became the youth pastor of that church. So in less than, you know, five years or so, when this whole process took place, you know, I'm now the youth pastor. So I can remember showing up in the youth pastor's church. I mean, kids in the youth ministry have been living for God longer than I have been. You know, I'm in one of those situations where oh my goodness, you know, like, who am I? I? And I can remember sitting in my office, first day in the office, I get in there, the old youth pastor had a bunch of files, I threw them all away, I'm like, what is this? You know, like, this stuff's older than I am. I, you know, and so then I, the next day, I, I organize my office, get everything situated the way I want it, like, this is what I do. So I'm sitting there, and I open my Bible, and I pray, and read my Bible, and I'm sitting there, and I'm here. on a pastor, and I'm sitting by my desk, I have my Bible, my desk, my office is clean, and I'm looking around, and I thought, what am I supposed to do? Like, what does a youth, what I got a degree, I have a degree. I had no clue what a youth pastor does. I wasn't raised, I was, you know, I wasn't raised in church, so I didn't have a youth pastor growing up. I, so I literally walked down to the associate pastor's office. I'm like, I sat down with him and I said, hey, I'm going to ask, I'm gonna, I got to ask you this question. Forgive me. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and so, but here's the deal. I didn't stay there, right? Like, I didn't stay there. And I also didn't turn the job down because I wasn't quite sure what it looked like. But sometimes it's the way it is. We have to know where we're going. But sometimes we get paralyzed because we don't know the details. I, I think about, you know, uh, knowing where you're going. It's funny. We're all a little bit directionally challenged nowadays. I don't think anybody knows how to read a map anymore. Right? You know, because electronics have ruined our brains. You know, like, like if Google Maps ever shut down, we are all in, in serious trouble. You know what I mean? Like we are all in bad shape. If Google Maps just finally shows up one day and goes, hey, listen, nope, I'm not telling you how to get there. What? Like like we won't know how to get to the store. (laughs) And we don't know how to live without Google Maps. We don't know how to live without our GPS. You know, that's just the way it is. I remember when Apple came out with Apple Maps. I mean if you guys have iPhones, I'm sorry. But uh you know that was that was a miss. You know? You guys remember that business decision? I don't know what happened there, but uh, I think somebody got fired. Uh but uh, it was one of those things where Apple Maps, you'd get on their phone and hey, take me to this spot. And it totally would not take you to that spot. Like you'd be somewhere else in the world, and uh, they had a little, they had some issues with that. You know what I mean? But it proves how dependent we are on those things. Like at some point, you're driving on the road, going, "I don't think this is right," but my phone's telling me yes, so I'm gonna follow my phone. Like like there comes a moment you go, "I'm not supposed to cross the state border." Like that sign just said, "Welcome to Indiana." It doesn't seem right, but you know what? The phone says go. You know, so we're going we're gonna to go. But to, and sometimes we, 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 we got to know where we are going. The prodigal son got up. He knew where he was going. Where was he going? Back, home. Back to his father's house. He knew where he was going. I doubt he knew exactly how long the journey would take him. I doubt he knew exactly what it would look like. I doubt he knew how he would be responded to when he got there. But he knew something. He knew he was going home. He knew he wasn't going to stay here. And he was moving Forward, So he got up and moved forward. And when you have an aha moment, rarely, if ever, will God let you know exactly what's going to happen from there. But if you know where you're going, and if you know what God has in store for you, you know that what God has in store for you will be better than where you're currently at. Then it will help you. It will help you get up. It may not be easy, but when God gives you an aha moment, when God gives you an aha moment, he really is just calling you to come home. He knows what he has for you. He knows what he has for you. Jeremiah 29.11 tells us that, right? We know that. He knows what he has for us. and He's just calling us to come home. It may mean saying something like, even, even in the context of church, in the context of spiritual leadership and spiritual development, it may mean, I don't know if I'll fit in right away at church, but I, but I need to go. You know, when he's calling us home, we're in a spiritual context. You know, you can, you can sit there and you can realize it may mean, man, that God's calling me to go to church, but I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how people respond to me. I don't know what people say about me. I don't know. It might mean I, I might lose all my friends. You know, I might lose all my friends. I may have to quit partying, but I don't want to live that way anymore. It may mean something like, I don't know if she or he will ever forgive me, but I know the Bible says to be honest. And so we may have to say something. It may mean saying something like forgiving my mom may be the hardest thing I've ever done, but I know that I need to forgive others the way Jesus forgives me. You know, There may be a lot of different things about um, the moving forward, about knowing where you're going. It may mean saying a lot of things. It may not be easy, but if you know that God has something more for you in those moments, then, then you, can, you can do it. When you see the past, present, and the future God has for you, it takes immediate action to be possible. The last one we have here very, very quickly is that you have to know who's waiting for you, okay? You have to know where you are. You have to know where you're going. You have to know who is waiting for you. You know, in Luke chapter 15, verse 20, i read this really, really quickly. Luke chapter 15, verse 20 through 24 says this, Uh, It says, so he got up and went to his father's house, right? So, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put the ring on his finger and the sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I promise you he probably did not realize that's the way he was going to be responded to. But when we know who is waiting for us, when we know that God has called us, we know that God has something more for us than our current situation, it helps us to get up. It helps us to move forward. There may be some people in here that have processed through career decisions. You may feel like God is calling you to do something and you're just a little bit nervous. You're a little bit timid. You're a little bit afraid. Why? Because you don't know all the details. You're not quite sure what that's going to look like. But if you know that God has called you to it, then you have to know that God has something more for you than where you're currently at, and it's okay, it helps you. You know where you're at, you know where you're going, and you know who's waiting there for you. God is there for you. If you can say beyond a shadow of doubt, you know with all of your heart that God has called you to something, that God is pulling you or drawing you to something, you may not have it all figured out, but if you want the aha moment, you just can't have an awakening, and you can't just be brutally honest, but you have to have action as well. You have to be able to move forward. And say, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I know where I'm going. And I know that God is there. And I know that God has a plan for me. And I know that God wants to do something significant in my life. And so because of that, we need to get up. And we need to move forward. And so today as we close, I just want to encourage you this morning. You may be in the place that God has called you to. You may have already had this aha moment take place at some point in your life, and that's incredible. I want to encourage you to continue to tell your story and encourage others around you of what it looked like. Talk about the angst and the struggle that you had when you made those decisions. But there also may be some people in here that you know God is speaking to you. And you're a little bit scared. You're a little bit nervous. I say you know what if God's calling you to it, it's going to be okay and it's not just about career decisions it's about forgiveness it's about situations and circumstances in life that you need to address and it may be uncomfortable and it may be awkward but when you do you have to know God has something more for you something better the bitterness that sometimes we carry in life that's not the way God wants us to live he wants us to live with joy not bitterness and so whatever that looks like for you could be career, could be emotional, could be relational, could be spiritual. There may be some people in here that have just been walking through the life, the church thing. Maybe not the church thing. Maybe just walking through life. And you find yourself here this morning because God's calling. You. I want you to know that in November of 1994, God got a hold of my life. I experienced God's presence, and I'll tell you, I've never been the same again. God's got something better for you. So, wherever you find yourself today, I want to encourage you to take a few moments. As your piano plays, I'm going to pray for you. I just want to take a moment. And I want you to process the aha moment for your life. And I want you to make a decision this morning of an action step. I think you know what it is. I want you to make the decision. When you leave here today, what are you going to do? Write it down, tell a friend, tell your husband or your wife. That's where we're at today. When you leave here this morning, what are we going to do? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have placed in our hearts. I thank you for your spirits who many times will awaken our heart and awaken our senses and open our eyes. I thank you for your spirit that will also sometimes give us the courage to be really honest. And I pray right now, Lord, for your presence to draw us forward, to draw us to where you want us to go, to, to help us to understand that you have something better for us. Relationally, emotionally, personally, whatever it is, spiritually, God, we know that you have more for us. So Lord, I pray this morning as each one of us are processing processing this aha series, this, this moment in time as we walk through life, as we can relate so many times to the prodigal son. And we find ourselves in this situation that may not be the best that you have for us. Lord, help us to move forward. Help us to respond in action. Help us to get up. Lord, we love you. We need you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This time we're going to worship God through our offerings. Uh, Thank you. And, and speak in. And, and, uh, guys, come on up. We're, we're going to take our offering right now. If you are uh, a visitor today, please don't feel compelled to put anything in the bucket. If you are a member, please feel compelled to put something in the bucket. Understand that, that this money is not just...